Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning and welcome to Out of the Blue on Sunday 19th of May 2019. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 on your AM dial or you can have a listen from our website www.3cr.org.au forward slash radio blue where you can stream our broadcast and you will also find a number of previously aired episodes that have been uploaded as podcasts. Also you can check us out on our Facebook page uh, that's facebook.com forward slash out of the blue radio. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land 3CR is broadcasting from and pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. My name is Andrew Christie from Melbourne Polytechnic and Marine Care Point Cook and today's weather, beautiful day in Melbourne, 21 degrees the top temperature, quite warm for this part of the uh, for this time of the year, um, lots of sunshine around, chance of rain tonight at around 10 o'clock-ish according to the uh, the Bureau and winds from the northeast at about 25 kilometres an hour so as I always say be careful if you getting out and about on our uh, beautiful waterways in the state of Victoria. Okay, today I'm joined in the studio by Nicole Kowalczyk, who is the Yarra Riverkeeper Association's Education Manager. How are you today, Nicole? Very well. How are you going, Andrew? Very good, thanks. Thanks very much for coming into the studio today. 
Uh, today we'll be discussing a range of items relating to pollution of the aquatic environment, some strategies for litter and waste reduction and clean-up activities and events that are coming up shortly too for those that are keen to be involved. And we will be back after this brief announcement. Well, if you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, I sure know where you are. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. We'll check out the happening vibe. We're gonna ring up and subscribe. If you listen to three, say, oh, flap your ears. What? Who the hell's that? Flap your ears. What you talking about? I ain't no elephant. Get out of here. This is handmade radio. Flap your ears. Get out. Get the hell out of here now. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 on your AM dial. Okay, so uh, to kick off the conversation, Nicole, um, can you just give us a bit of an outline of your, uh, a bit of a snapshot of your life history, if you will, just to give our listeners an idea of who you are and what you do? Sure. Whenever the people, whenever people say life history, I always think of it in a sort of a zoological or ecological yeah, sense. Yeah, that's technically the correct. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so I, um, I have a background in science and education, um, and then uh, went on to do my PhD, my doctorate in foraging ecology, the foraging ecology of little penguins, the St Kilda colony, and. Uh, Submitted my thesis about uh, three weeks before my daughter was born and soon realised that academia and uh, early motherhood is not not the best mix. So um, I certainly wanted to uh, make use of my skills, but also wanted to sort of be a part-time mum. So um, the Yarra River Keeper Association had an incredible opportunity to be involved with education and science. Uh, so I now find myself in a, in a great role where I do get to incorporate my science skills as well as my teaching skills. Excellent. And yeah. get to spend at home, a lot of time at home with my daughter as well. Oh, fantastic. I was going to say that's phenomenal timing to get the thesis in, a, you know, what would you say, three weeks ahead of your Yeah, your, your look, I couldn't recommend it enough. <laughs> Sadly, you know, the guys, guys, guys can't take a take me up on my tip but it certainly um was the best driver best motivator because um you know i just knew that once my daughter lily arrived it would be uh it would be her all the way yeah so, that's that's fair enough yeah, yeah very good so how did you sort of get into the uh the the yarra riverkeeper sort of role uh, in, in the first place how did it all sort of come about well, um, I was actually involved with the Port Phillip Eco Centre um, running their Litter Hotspots program. Um, so running a lot of uh, litter audits and um, just sort of analysing a lot of litter data. And then the Port Phillip Bay Fund program came, came into play and the Riverkeeper Association uh, put in an application uh, a litter and flows project to assess um, the amount of litter making its way down the Yarra River, the main types of sort of litter coming down the river. And um, I was um, just finishing my role at the Eco Centre. So I was approached by uh, the lovely Andrew Kelly, the Yarra River Keeper. Um, at that time, it was just Andrew working for the Riverkeeper Association. So um, we, the organisation has steadily grown and we now uh, run a number of education sessions, events along the river. Uh, Andrew is involved in a lot of advocacy work. 
report writing, patrolling, monitoring the condition of the river. Um, and uh, it's, it's the Bay Fund uh, funding comes to an end in the middle of next year. So we've still got a bit of litter work to do, um, including the, the Blitz program, which we'll be talking about yeah. later in the show. Terrific, terrific. Yeah. So Andrew's name does tend to pop up a bit in the media, doesn't it, when there's some sort of event or, or a discussion around the health of the Yarra River these days? Oh, definitely, yeah. He's the, certainly the, the spokesperson for the Yarra, and um, he takes on the role uh, very graciously. Uh, it's an enormous responsibility. You would think that... Um, the, the Yarra River would have uh, a lot more um, spokespeople, but he's, he's risen to the challenge and uh, he's well across the catchment. So he, uh, he visits the stretch of the river, 242 kilometres long, and um, he's well-versed in what's happening in the upper catchment as, low as, as, as well as the lower catchment. Yep. Um, so generally, when there's, event, the, when there's an event on the river or uh, there is an issue, he is, he is the first point of contact. And um, he's he's got a really solid understanding of the system. Yeah, yeah, very good. And some of our listeners might uh, recall that uh, that one of those uh, names that you dropped there, the um, the Port Phillip Eco Centre. Yes. Um, yeah, our lovely our own uh, Fom Sharko is uh, obviously works there, and and she's a, a panelist on Out of the Blue. So yeah. that's right. And um, the Port Phillip Eco Centre is also home to the the Port Phillip Baykeeper. So uh, in Victoria, we've got the Werribee Riverkeeper, the Yarra Riverkeeper, and the Baykeeper. Right. They yep. all work under the Waterkeeper Alliance. Yep. Um, um, and uh, often we collaborate. So the Eco Centre and the Yarra Riverkeeper Association work closely on the microplastic project that oh, I'm sure yes. Fun has speaking, spoken about. Um, and so every month we head out on both the Yarra and Maribyrnong rivers. We uh, run a trawl for 30 minutes and then we analyse the contents of the Manta Sock and uh, the uh, the volume or the quantities of microplastics we're coming across um, in both rivers is is alarming. Wow! Um, and it's the study's been going for over five years now, so it's it's a, it's a solid data set, and um, it's it's going to lead to some action. So hopefully, um, you know, once we're aware of the main types of microplastics making their way into the bay we can do something about it. Yeah, right. Do you know off the top of your head, Nikki, are we seeing any sort of trends there over that terrific, that five-year data set? Are we seeing any trends? Is it trending sort of upward or downward? Yeah, or? unfortunately it is. It's uh, There's an increase in microplastics. Um, I can't recall exactly, but I certainly know the Yarra um, microplastic levels are increasing, and I suspect it's the same for the Maribyrnong as well. I know there are also seasonal trends so uh, in both autumn and winter months we're seeing a greater volume of microplastics um, and in terms of composition I'm pretty sure uh, plastic fragments so secondary microplastics are um, increasing the most in both rivers and they sort of certainly outweigh or they're the dominant microplastics in both systems yeah so these are you know these are the plastics that break down from larger items as opposed to primary microplastics like your nurdles. Um, so yeah, it's 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 an indication that larger items are breaking down and this is 
causing the bulk of the problem. Yeah, right, right. So getting into that, um, to, to begin with, um, Nikki, talking about your, um, you know, your your passion for the for the river system, was that something I, I know you explained before, you've got a background in obviously science and education and that sort of thing. Um, was, the, was the river side of things something you just sort of fell into or did you always have a passion for rivers and, and ecosystems and that sort of thing? Oh, look, it's, to be honest, I did, I did fall into that space. Um, my, my PhD sort of, like I said, I focused on the foraging ecology of penguins. I was interested in what they were eating, where they were eating, when they were eating and how that influenced their breeding performance. So mm. I suppose I was more interested in the marine aspects, um, of, of, of pollution. Um, and, uh, but I came into my I, my research found that little penguins are actually the St Kilda colony anyway are really dependent on the nutrients that flow in from the Yarra River. Uh, so when we had the millennial drought, what I found was penguin foraging, also where they forage, was actually. Uh, centered around the Yarra River mouth um, and then once the drought ended what we had was a flush of nutrients into the bay more water into the bay and the, the uh, foraging behaviors of penguins became a, a lot more distributed so because there was um, this sort of nutrient influx but also a greater dispersion of nutrients the penguins actually mirrored that dispersion. So uh, I quickly realized that the Yarra River is really influential in um, predator-prey relationships in Port Phillip Bay. Um, and so it was, It was. I'm now in a really lucky position to have a more solid understanding of what's actually happening in the river itself. Yeah. So, um, and I think, you know, in Melbourne, we, we take that side of... Um, uh, I suppose animal life for granted. The Yarra catchment is the most biodiverse area in Melbourne after the bay. I mean, you've got thousands of species in Port Phillip Bay, but along the Yarra itself, you've got, um, you know, 10 species of, of amphibians, 16 reptile species, dozens of, um, of, of, of mammals, and not to mention, you know, the dozens of fish species as well. Uh, so it's a really productive area and it's really important that we ma- maintain the system. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Now, very interesting stuff, Nikki. We might uh, quickly cut to a song just to break things up a little bit. Here's, uh, here's Sting with All This Time and I've chosen this one because it does feature some mentions of a river. Nice work. <laughs> We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're 100% cotton and Australian made and you can get one for just $30. They come in black, dark grey and a cool light grey. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 94198377 or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. So, uh, Nikki, can you tell us about some of the, um, some, what are the, some of the common items, some of the common litter items that you uh, you remove from the river these days? Sure. So it's essentially the same as what's being found along our beaches as well. So we've got a lot of plastic bottles, plastic food packaging, plastic wrapping, and uh Polystyrene is probably the biggest contributor in the Yarra River system. 
Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, so it just varies in size. I mean, larger items, you've got your O-bikes, or we, we were able to fish out of sort of around 79 of them at Gee. one of our first blitzes. And after that, uh, EPA took action to, I suppose, fine O-bikes heavily. And since then, O-bikes have obviously left Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, and then down to your, your tiny fragments. And, of course, we come across these regularly in the microplastic surveys, the nurdles, but also just these fine shavings of, of, of plastics, plastic dust, really sort of smaller items. And when it comes to cleaning these smaller items up, that's where we really get uh, stuck. So. Yeah. Um, uh, I suppose for us, the biggest challenge, because polystyrene is so prevalent in the Yarra system, we have spent a bit of time sort of coming up with different ideas of how we could, can get rid of this sort of toxic substance. Yep, absolutely. And that's that's something, I, I guess, when we start talking about the shavings and the dust of the, of the plastic, that's just through uh, essentially wear and tear. So you're talking weathering, you're talking uh, turbulence of the river, all those things that just get the stuff finer and finer and finer. Exactly. But also at a sort of an, an industry level. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what sort of equipment they're using in the sort of the factory space. But, you know, if you want to sort of mould a piece of plastic, um, you're using heat and you're also, I suppose, using casts, but you're also using machinery to sort of get it to um, the sort of the, the density that you want. And these sort of dusts, you can just imagine trying to get a handle on them, trying to contain them, trying to sort of clean them up. It's, it's pretty much impossible. Uh, so unless uh, industry has really good infrastructure in place that has, you know, filters in their stormwater drains and uh, along with, you know, all sorts of other interest infrastructure, a lot of it is going to leak into into um, our stormwater drains, which will eventually make their way down into creeks and then the Yarra River and obviously Port Phillip Bay. Yeah, right. So is this the is this ultimately a, a, a big part of the solution to have industry really buy in and make sure their systems are set up in such a way that they... Uh, they cause will, will they cause significant reductions if they get that right? Absolutely. Um, I know that uh, Operation Clean Sweep, which is uh, conducted by Tangaroa Blue Foundation, they they they're tracking beautifully and in getting uh, industry involved with better handling of their plastic resin pellets or their nurdles. Um, and so they've got a whole program in place to how to, um, you know, maintain factories, how to ensure that factories are not leaking um, microplastics. And I actually came across a really interesting um, uh, video last night. There was a, macro, um, a plastic resin pellet uh, leakage in uh, in Hong Kong, I think it was last year or the year before, six containers of plastic resin pellets uh, fell off a ship. So we're wow. looking at uh, just billions of these microplastics making their way into the uh, the Hong Kong region um, and they continually show up. Um, and, you know, you had apparently the, the community it was phenomenal in, in trying to clean up this waste um, but you still get you know millions of these microplastics oh. that haven't been found haven't been collected and um, I mean just just talking on that sort of community aspect I think in Melbourne we're really lucky to have uh, a community that's really active in the cleanup space you know you've got a whole bunch of organizations that are doing phenomenal work not only cleaning but uh, that are advocating 
that are sort of writing submissions and um, so we are surrounded by uh, in the in the in the Yarra catchment and around Port Phillip Bay you've got a lot of, of you know people that are taking positive action yeah absolutely I suppose in uh, in a way you've highlighted the best and worst of humanity there on the one hand you've got all that advocacy and all that terrific work going on to make a difference and on the other hand you've got people throwing in you know o bikes and all that sort of stuff into the river yes um, I mean I, I luckily I'm sort of working with the more positive side yeah. so, um, every every couple of months the Yarra Riverkeeper Association we've been running uh, the Port the the Yarra River Blitz, um, and this is a program funded by the Port Phillip Bay Fund, but also Melbourne Water have, have come on board, and um, they uh, what we do is we run these. Uh, originally they were ten days, they've now moved down to eight days. Eight day blitzes of the Yarra River, where we've got a boat mounted vacuum system. Um, so Clean Water Group have wow. got this massive airflow suction system that we attach to the end of a boat, and we focus on reed beds in the lower Yarra and essentially try and suck up as much of these microplastics as possible. Because like I said, you've got a lot of people that are active in this space, but generally they focus on larger litter items because I don't know many people who are sort of willing to, uh, you know, pick up thousands of microplastics with their day. So this vacuum system is really efficient. Already it has, uh, in the last uh, three blitzes, it's uh, vacuumed up about 20 tonne of waste. Wow. Um, So uh, we've got another one of these blitzes actually kicking off on Tuesday this week with the community event on next Sunday. Oh, terrific. So how can people get involved in that if they want to get into it? So uh, come on down to the Melbourne University Boat Club next Sunday. Um, we've got the Yarra Blitz community event uh, supported by uh, Melbourne Water and we'll have a bunch of kayaks and canoes out there for people to hop on board and uh, help clean up the Yarra River. And uh, we'll also have the vacuum system on show just to give people some idea of, of, of how, the, how the system works. There'll be a sausage sizzle, there'll be Ecopella, a, a choir group will be singing on the day as well. And uh, hopefully it's a day like this. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the way to go. Do you, um, do you come across many dangerous items, Nikki, in the, in the river when you're doing the clean-up activities? We do, uh, and so before each of these events, we we do go through a safety briefing, uh, just because you know people are on the boats at their own risks. But also, uh, unfortunately, in the Yarra River, uh, you're getting a lot of syringes so that would probably be the most dangerous item yeah um but and we generally say look if you come across them leave them we'll get a sort of an expert to come and collect them and uh, or trained trained professional because um uh it's just not worth the risk you know you can get diseases and whatnot so that's 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 the biggest threat for us particularly when community is involved um but uh, I mean, the reality is there are, there are a, a lot of dangerous substances making their way into the river. Uh, plastic, you know, we can we can we can target plastic because it's a visible item. But you've got a lot of sort of noxious chemicals making their way in oh. there, and uh, we just don't have the equipment, the facilities to test to test water. Um, 
EPA is on top of that. Yep. Um, but yeah, you're going to be coming across some nasty stuff in the river. Absolutely. And we've seen that uh, all too clearly when you talk about the chemicals and that we saw what happened with the Stony Creek backwash just recently with that massive factory, uh, the uh, fire. Yes. Um, pretty recently. There's a lot going on in that waste management industry that the uh, the EPA are valiantly trying to or desperately trying to crack down on, but it's yeah, uh, a lot I, of lot of work ahead by the sounds of it. Absolutely. And I mean, Melbourne Water have been uh, really phenomenal in getting that waste material in the actual Stony Creek under control. And I've heard that uh, mangroves um, are still present. So hopefully they'll uh, soon start recovering. Yes. Um, but yeah, there is a bit of a sort of a crisis. I mean, when you think about all the uh, chemical waste out there, I mean, it's, it's really expensive to deal with it properly. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's, you can see how it just goes under the radar. P people hide it and potentially... Uh, dump it um, and it, there's a chance that it's making its way into the river more than more than we currently realize and that would be a real shame because like I mentioned earlier um, the river is a, a really biodiverse system and healthy waterways are at the health are at the heart of healthy communities and so it's really important that we um, work to protect them absolutely well that's all we've got time for on out of the blue today thanks very much for coming into the studio Nikki it's been my pleasure. Thanks, Andrew. Great. We'd love to have you back one day. And uh, please stay tuned for Sally with Out of the Pan and enjoy the rest of your Sunday.